0: Thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Second Samuel chapter number 11 and uh, we're going to start here in verse number 1, and we're going to read down to verse number 4. And uh, this is what the word of the Lord says. If you don't have your Bibles, that's all right. You can uh, follow along with me on the world's largest Bible on the screen behind me. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, you can follow suit that way. But Second Samuel says this, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Amorites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed, and he walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. And the man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam. Ain't she fine, David? The wife of Uriah, the Hittite. She was already married. She was fine and married. Verse 4, then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and David, the married man, slept with the woman whom he craved that was already married. I want to talk to you this morning. This is the conclusion of our series entitled Porn in My Pocket. And I want to talk to you this morning, a sermon entitled, I Must Take Action. Can we all say that together? I must take action. Come on, say it again. I must take action. Father, I thank you for the power of your word and I pray today, God, that you would use me to bring somebody hope and bring them freedom. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. And the people of God said amen. Before you're seated, can you all go find somebody? If you're close to Mackenzie, make sure you love on her a little bit extra today. Go find somebody and tell them how glad you are to see them. Look them right in the face and tell them you must take action. Let's go. Come on, find somebody. You must take action. You must take action. Look at somebody again tell them say you must take action. You have to. You have to, you have to. Okay. Before we jump into today's message, everybody say, "Hey pastor. We love you." We love now, honey, some of them didn't say it. I don't know if I can continue. Some of them. Didn't. I want everybody to say, "Hey pastor." We love, we love you. Now let me ask you, how many of y'all love me? I feel loved. Somebody didn't say nothing. That, that, I don't know about that one. I don't know. I'm going to talk very transparent to you today as your pastor. I took, I took the preaching mic and put it over there because I don't want to preach to you today. I want to talk to you, and I want to bring freedom to you, and to help you grow stronger and wiser in the things of God. That's what i want to do today. That's my goal. And uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to preach to you from an angle of my story, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of messages that people preach or talk about, they really should be giving them through their own experiences as they walk with God as they understand scripture today that's what I want to do with you today I want to talk to you today about my story in hopes that it will bring you freedom so if you if you judge me or you throw rocks at me I mean God's gonna have to deal with you there's nothing I can do about that I, I care more about you being free than than caring about me being transparent and exposing my past okay so maybe my past can help somebody come into their future and project them into where God has for them amen So I've learned as I walk with Jesus, freedom is super easy. Getting free is easy. Mm, Staying free, that's another story. I've learned that being delivered from something in a moment, God is God. You know, he told us, whom the Son sets free. Freedom, deliverance is instantly easy, but maintaining your freedom, that takes some work. Come on. I want us all to say this together. Say, "My my freedom is my responsibility. Look at somebody, point your finger in their face, say, Hey, your freedom is your responsibility. Jesus is so powerful. You know he's powerful. He's all powerful. He's a powerful Jesus. Come on. Can you all give Brother Jordan a round of applause? He's such a great man. <laughs> Brother Jordan's going to be doing something special in our Dream Team uh, Leaders, our Dream Team Leads meetings. He's going to be teaching some of that leadership curriculum to our Dream Team Leads. We're excited about that in the future. Jesus is responsible for you and I getting free but you and I are responsible to 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 maintain it and stay free now a lot of you in this room you be blaming a lot of things on the devil that you should start blaming on yourself not everything's a demon not everything's a devil right your your car engine didn't blow because there's a devil loose your car engine didn't blow because you didn't put oil in it my responsibility Who I run with will either produce and magnify my freedom or produce and magnify my bondage. Where I go will either produce freedom or produce bondage. What I allow into my home will either produce freedom or it will produce bondage. The boundaries I create are the lack thereof will either produce freedom or produce bondage. Look at your neighbor and say, your freedom is your responsibility now the one didn't say it I saw him I looked right at him Brittany they didn't say it just nudge that neighbor that didn't say nothing and tell them your freedom is your responsibility okay so I'm going to talk right off the cuff I'm going to come swinging out the gate and I want to talk to you about my past addiction with pornography it got real quiet all of a sudden praise the Lord it all started for me in the fourth grade, and one of my best friends, his dad, bought him a big old stack of Playboy magazines, and in fourth grade, we sat there and we looked at those, and what I didn't realize until I got older was the excitement of the dopamine being released into my mind that started to begin in the fourth grade to, cra- to crave it. Sorry for being transparent, but somebody's freedom is on the line today. <laughs> I laid there in my bed, Quincy, and I was trembling under the conviction—I didn't know it was conviction—under the guilt and under the shame of what I had just looked at. Fast forward to sixth grade. In the sixth grade, me and my guys—we kind of had like a sandlot crew—and and, you know, you know, that's a good-looking sixth grader right there. Bless his heart. I wish I could go back and tell him a few things. But anyway, in the sixth grade, me and my buddies, we were digging in dumpsters to look for aluminum cans in the trailer court because we wanted to trade those aluminum cans in for money so we could go up to the convenience store and stop stealing those, but we wanted to buy them. They were these little candy cigarettes. That they, they were gum, and back then you could get them at the convenience store, and you would blow on them, and smoke would come out of them. It was like powder. Y'all remember that? And so we were like, we love those things. So we, would, we, we, we were gathering money, and we were in this certain dumpster, and we found a big old box full of pornography. So I began to feast on that for years and eat on it and look at it and think about it until it consumed me. So I went to church camp, and in church camp, I got convicted. So I came home, and I put those magazines back in the dumpster because I didn't know it then, but what I was seeing was my freedom, my responsibility. Fast forward with me to the eighth grade and still struggling in this area. I, I, I in my own home, found the stash of someone's uh, family member's pornographic videos. For the first time, I saw things I should have never saw. Come on, David. Partook in things I should never partook in. Come on, David. And there I was as an eighth grader living in my own quiet chaos of addiction and crazy bondage. Well, I went to church camp again in Lexington, Nebraska, the Simmons of God church camp, and I got delivered there on the floor as God did heart surgery. So I came home from kids' camp, and I went, there were VHS tapes. This isn't one. This is actually a Irwin Bellin's Holiday Inn. That's definitely not the kind of movie I was looking at. <laughs> and so I remember I came home crying because I was sick of this being my master. You know God told Adam and Eve, hey be careful sin is crouching at your door and you must master it I came home I opened that film up y'all some of y'all young people don't know what this is called a VHS tape and what we, you do is you would stick it in what was called a VCR and if it didn't play right, you'd have to look at the tape to make sure it wasn't wrinkled and then you could then you then you could so this is a boom box well no but I came home, and I, I was crying. I was like, God, I don't want to be bound to this anymore. So I took it, and I, I pulled the tape out of it, just like this. I can remember. I pulled it out until I pulled it, and I ripped it, and I came and I and I threw it in our trash can. I said, you're not going to master me no more. Got free. July 20th, now we're going to speed up. July 20th, 1995, I was 18 years old. Yes, I'm 46, and I look way much younger than I, than I actually am because Latin don't crack. That's a place, praise God. We just don't. And so we fast forward, 1995, and I had graduated high school. July 20th, I had a God encounter in my mom's apartment in, in Lyonset Apartments in Omaha, Nebraska, and I got rocked by Jesus, and God called me to preach the gospel, so I did what only a young person could do, and I went to Bible college at Valor Christian College. Here I am studying to be a preacher on fire for the Lord, and my roommate brings in a laptop that was connected to the internet. And for the first time I was studying to be a preacher, I got on the internet by myself in a lone, dark apartment. I didn't fall. I went to the balcony, and I dove off I remember the service. I, I was wearing like a green suit. I don't remember which service it was or what pastor was preaching. but I was wearing a green suit. That's what we used to wear back then. And some of y'all remember, you would, the, the, the pants were so baggy, you would take a step and then it had to come up and catch you. Man, I was rocking them zoot suits, I mean trench coat suits, everything. I got laid out on the floor and I was like, God, how can I be a preacher and I'm still bound to this? your freedom your responsibility Mm -hmm. so I got free and I want to tell you how to get free because you need to know today pornography is not your friend but it makes me feel it's not your friend it's demonic in principle it's demonic in spirit it's abusive toward women come on y'all know me to be true today Porn is damaging. It will damage your relationships. You won't be able to have a conversation with the opposite and some, the same sex, because all you can think of are those graphic images that are in your head because what your dopamine is attached to. Your freedom. Your responsibility. So, Pastor, what are we talking about this in church for? Can't we talk about holy things? Can we talk about Abraham? Can't we talk about Noah, who built the archie? Noah, Noah. Noah. Who built the ark? Brother Noah built the ark. Can't we talk about uh, uh, something other than pornography? No, we cannot. So, why? If you do your due diligence and your research, seven, 64% of men who go to church, 64% of men in this building have viewed internet pornography in the last month. 15% of women in this church have viewed internet pornography in the last month, and they can't stop. It's a monthly reoccurrence. This is a scarier statistic. Between the ages of 17, 18, to the age of 30, 79% of that age group views internet pornography regularly. There is an epidemic in our generation. You know why? Because it's so easy to get to, we've got the pornography in our pocket. We can look at it when ain't nobody watching. Study hall. We can look at it at 1 o'clock AM when our spouse is sleeping. Because we have no boundaries. We have no safeguards. My freedom, come on, talk to me in here. My responsibility. Am I doing okay, McKenzie? You ain't heard me preach in a long time. Am I doing all right? All right, all right. So we can get free by looking I believe at David. There are 929 verses about David. He was a king of Israel. He was one of the greatest men of the Bible. Come on. He is, he is a man who's after God's own heart. Very talented musician. He was like a uh, sweet baby boy over here. No, I'm kidding. It's an inner joke. He was like Bubba, I mean Jeremy over here. He was a talented musician. He was a worshiper like Ben. He was a songwriter. He was a poet and you didn't even know it. Come on, Sister Charlotte. You know He was a poet, didn't know it. He was a leader's leader, wrote half of the book of Psalms, a pastor's pastor, yet all of us know that David was an adulterous murderer. Second Samuel opens up in chapter 11. We saw what he did. At night, he saw a woman naked there taking a bath. He started to crave her. He's like, ooh, baby, you fine. You definitely ain't going to heaven because it's got to be a sin to look that good. That's what David was saying. He started lusting and craving and desiring. Uh, somebody told me in between service, they said, Pastor, you know, lust is like a consuming fire. Once you give, are given over to it, it just consumes you over and over and over. It's all you think about. It's all you talk about. David was consumed to crave what he shouldn't have. Well, then the situation compounds. He sleeps with her. She gets pregnant. He murders her husband. They have a baby, and the baby dies. I wonder how David's mom felt about her precious, sweet son, the King David. As she's at Walmart and she's looking at new TVs to buy for the palace. And every TV there on that wall is covering the show on Fox or CNN or MSNBC or whatever news station you like. And it was King David's picture with the scroll underneath. The king has fallen from grace. Imagine the sin, the guilt, and the weight sexual perversion had on a nation, a family, a people, and a parent. It's exactly where some of you are today. And you can say, Pastor, how in the world could a king come to this place the same way you and I do? No boundaries. He was on a balcony. He shouldn't have been there. He should have been at war. He was where he shouldn't have been. Looking at what he shouldn't look at. Woo, she fine. Sorry, I mean, Yes, Lord, praise God. I love you, Jesus. I worship it. My heart wants God, but I'm bound to what's in my pocket. Pastor, how did he get to this place? Well, he should have been at war. When you stop praying, when you stop warring, when you start standing firm in your faith and believe in God beyond belief, You better get ready because the enemy is coming. Come on, somebody. You better get ready because what you're tempted with is going to erupt inside of your heart. The Bible said that we sin when we're drawn away by our own fleshly wants and desires. If you're not praying, your wants and desires that you crave that are immoral will be louder than your wants for God. And soon you'll get to the point where you'll love that you, I mean, you'll hate what you love. Pastor, why do I love this when I should be hating it? My freedom, my responsibility. Many of you in this room are very promiscuous sexually, and, and it, was, it was because of what was sown into you as a kid that you never really were supposed to be sown into. You were exposed to perversion as a child, and now here you are as an adult, and you wish you would have never been exposed as a child. They say, I I was reading this uh, statistic because I was molested as a child, and they say that uh, molestation, uh, it it, it doesn't affect on people. Either they're really promiscuous with the same sex, really promiscuous with the opposite sex, or they're completely closed up sexually. Because their soul gets tied to a situation. Whether it's molestation or sexual perversion through pornography or maybe, maybe you had premarital sex at a young age and you gave yourself away and it was consensual, but every single since that day, you hate yourself for what you thought you loved. My freedom, my responsibility. Boy, this is a heavy subject today. You see, I didn't want to use my preaching mic. Going, my freedom, it wouldn't work for this right? So here we are, you and I, we get saved and we start justifying our sin. We'll have a week of sexual sobriety and then all of a sudden, man, we fall again. It's almost like a food addict. Like for me, like if I'm up like at one o'clock in the morning, I'm going to eat something that's not good for me. Like I don't want a cookie, I want plural, cookies. Don't put, listen, don't put a fresh baked snickerdoodle hallelujah won't he do it what's those things you make at christmas time only at christmas time peanut butter blossoms can the church say amen Amen. i don't eat one peanut butter blossom i i admit to you as a pastor i have sinned at christmas time i had like 20 a day i binge eat it and that's what some of y'all do sexually you binge consume it you do good then you mess up and now you're a month into it again Pastor, how can I get free? Well, you can learn by David. Stop going where you shouldn't go without boundaries. Stop having what you shouldn't have without boundaries. Stop looking at what you shouldn't look at without somebody being accountable to you on this thing. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, baby, no shame in your game. Well, don't say, hey, baby, say, hey, no shame in your game. The other day, I was, at, I was at the store, and this lady came up to me. And she said, hey, you lean over here. all in, she, said, she said, lean over to me with all that sexy. I said, what? She said, ooh, put your face out there. Lean over here, all that sexy. I said, uh, no, first off. There was no entertainment of this conversation, trust me. I said, uh, no. I said, you go to church anywhere? She said, no, I don't. I said, you should come to my church this Sunday because the pastor is talking about being free from sexual perversion. (laughs) You bet, Matt, did I say that? You best believe, why? Because I'm not entertaining it. My freedom? Come on, you must take the action if you want to be free. You know why? Sin doesn't grow in a lit place. Sin grows in a deep, dark place where there's nobody but you and those involved in it. If you want to be free, if you want God to deliver you, you got to come into the light and you got to be responsible with your freedom. Come on and say yes. Well, pastor, I hear you, but i got to get married because the Bible, the Bible said it's better to marry than to burn with lust and I can't wait to get married and have sex eight times a week. Oh, you silly little Christian, you. If you're, if you're in that category, you need, to, you need to teach a class. Praise God. Teach me, please, that class. Okay. Marriage doesn't mean sexual cravings go away. And let me help you out, ladies, because some of the ladies in this room who are married, your husband is so angry. And you think he's angry at you. You think he's not talking to you because you must be doing something wrong. When sometimes a lot of men, they're so ashamed and they're so frustrated because they want to be free from pornography, but who are they going to tell? I mean, they can't tell you because now you're going to be insecure. Now you're going to think it's you and not the problem that's behind this whole thing, which is called the devil that has opened these doors to them and they need to be free. Come on, somebody. When my wife and I first got married, she, my wife is a gift, y'all. She's so gracious. I, I told her that whole story about how I grew up. And I said, listen, I don't, we don't have a computer in our house. We, we, I just got a TV. I said, listen, I want to stay free. And I said, here's my boundaries. Help me create boundaries. And I want to talk to you. That first year, it was, it was a problem just to tell her that. Because, you know, most people when they first get married, there's a lot of insecurities there. And and they're insecure about you know if a pretty girl comes up automatic oh you, oh you think she's pretty uh I I mean what you t- what oh what you think she's pretty so we were on our honeymoon and uh, we are in Cosmel and my wife and I were sitting in lawn chairs uh, there at the beach and I was just I was I was just married I was happy and married on my honeymoon and my wife says to me don't look over there <laughs> can I hear the congregation say in unison what is your instinct to do look over there. See, babe, I'm telling you. See, babe, I'm telling you. See, in agreement, in agreement. So I look over there and there's this beautiful young woman who's almost naked. Boy, we fought the entire day. She's like, you told me that you dealt with pornography in the past and you're looking at that. I said, babe, you told me to look. I told you not to look over there. I said, you told me not to look over there. It was because of insecurity. (laughs) Ladies, I want to talk to you for just a moment. We need you to be strong for us. And it's not just men who struggle with pornography. Ladies, we know that you do too, some of you in the room. And and men, you need to be strong for them. It's important that you have communication. and, And that's a hard conversation to have. Here's how it could start. You could say today, hey, pastor, you know, he gave us some really good principles how to be free from porn. Let's put this into our life. You may have struggled with you, may not, but let's put so you can be free and I can be free. Let's set up some boundaries. And if you're if you're a wife and you know your husband has battled with this, come talk to my wife. She's uh, such a woman of grace, and, and she's she's been you, you, like Listen, you think I'm free? I'm free in part because of Jesus and in part because of my wife. Uh, because I have a Gibraltar of a woman who can pray, who can believe, who can stand. In the past, if I've say, hey baby, I'm struggling. She'll be like, in the name of Jesus. You say, Pastor, aren't you afraid to tell this story? No, because I don't really care about me. And people think what they want to me of anyway. They criticize me on a weekly basis. I don't really care. I want you to be free. I know there's some in the room that's desperate. And I hope, I hope this helps you. Amen? All right, three things. I got to hurry up. Three things to help you be free. Number one is lose your confidence in you, stop being so prideful and confident in you. You are not strong enough. Come on. You can't handle sin. You can't handle the enemy. You can't handle temptation. You are not strong in you. You got to be confident in Jesus. First Corinthians 10, 12 to 13 says this. So if you think you are standing firm, so you think you're this big shot, you think you're so spiritual and so strong, be careful so that you don't fail. No temptation has taken you. Except for what's common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You are only as strong as you are honest with yourself. Will you see the doorway of escape this morning and walk through it and create new boundaries for your family so you can be free from pornography? Or will you stay quiet, act like you can do it yourself, and fall? See, Pastor, are you, are you weak today? Like, are you admitting to us you're weak? Well, I'm not weak today, but I know my enemy. Y'all are so, ooh. I think they're judging me, Jeremy. Don't judge me, just nudge me. Praise God. I don't want to battle in the future if I have the power to eliminate the battle today. I mean, look at David. He was so confident. He thought, I could flirt with her on the balcony. She is so fine. She's about to be mine. I know I'm married. It's okay. God knows my heart. Church people said all the I know my heart. Everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why I'm here, seeing this naked body. Yeah, you dummy. The reason is because you went to the balcony, staring at a naked woman. I'm good. I'm the king, sleeping with her, murdering her husband, and still in his mind, I'm still the man. Pride says I can handle it. Listen to humility. I'm always potentially. Vulnerable to pornography. See, are you saying that for you, Pastor? I'm not stupid. I'm not too prideful to tell you that you're not strong enough. One of my mentors, Dr. Maurice Hart, I asked him, I said, I said, Dr. Hart, when did you stop feeling this craving and this when you would notice a pretty girl and you might lust? For, how old were you? How old were you when this when this didn't bother you anymore? He said, when I get there, I'll tell you. I said, what? You're like 80. Like, what are you talking about? He said, when I get there, I'll tell you. I said, you still don't have freedom. He goes, no, I still have to discipline myself. You're talking about an elder in a church who oversaw thousands of pastors. That was his, I I thought, great. There's no free answer to this. But the Lord started to show me as I've gotten older, why sin in your tomorrow if you can get victory of it today? Boy, I'm preaching really good this morning. I'm going to make myself a steak. No, my wife's going to get me a steak after church. Praise God. So because of this, you have to walk in humility. You have to take action. You have to realize that your freedom is your responsibility, right? So, pastor, how are you safeguarding yourself? Before I got married, I didn't have a TV or a computer in my house. Two months before we got married, I got a computer. I got a TV, I'm sorry. And then we got a computer later on, like a year and a half after we got married. I was scared to death to get a computer. But when we got it, we safeguarded and locked the thing up, so like I could type my notes, and that was about it. Well, even to this day, I'm safeguarded. My iPad, my cell phone, all my devices around our house. Berto took all of them into his bosom, (laughs) and he locked them all up. I can't even download an app that's above 12 years old. He said, "Well, that's extreme. I know it is. I want to be extreme." Why? Because pornography is extreme. And I'm not strong every day. I'm not a superman person every day. Sometimes I struggle because I'm flesh just like you. Sometimes I go through hell in my mind just like you. Sometimes I just want to alleviate the constant pain just like you. So I safeguard myself. Why? Sin tomorrow if I can get the victory today. I'm trying to help you. I really am. I really, this is so humiliating to me to talk to you about this, but I pray that it helps you to get free because I'm so sick of me on the shelf. I don't want to be on the platform. I don't want to be the idol. Let God be worshiped. Let Him be magnified. Come on. I, my, my righteousness is as filthy rags, said Paul. Come on. And if it can get you free, then let it get you free. Hallelujah. Come on and give Him praise in this room. My God. I'm going to lose your confidence in you. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong on this. Not only do you have to lose your confidence in you, number two, you have to stop justifying your porn. Well, Pastor, I literally had somebody tell me this, Jeremy. They said, I need to learn about the female anatomy. I said, you done bumped your head. They have classes for that, and you're not a doctor. You ain't in medical school what you need to know about the female body for. You're going to be a, a doctor for women? No. Well, then what do you need to know about the woman's body for? You ain't married. Learn that when you get married. Praise God. Well, pastor, my wife just doesn't meet my needs, and pornography helps me. You justify her of your sin. I went to Asbury College, and I was standing there in like the eighth row, ninth row. Maybe it was a tenth row. I don't know. I was in the room. And there was such a reverence. People were just crying out, repenting of their sins in the room. I thought, God, we got to get back to that. To where we stop justifying our mess, like from the pulpit to the pew to the parking lot. Like, when are we going to wake up and serve God for real? It's not a little porn in Jesus. Come on. You can't have two masters. Who are you serving today? Well, Pastor, I can't stop. I'm too afraid to tell anybody. I don't believe I can be free. That's what David thought. But thank God David had a friend Nathan to tell him the truth. Yes. Yeah. You're never going to be free until you get honest with yourself. You Got to get honest with you. Come on, you have to get honest with you. You're never going to get free until you get honest with you. What did Jesus say in Matthew five twenty eight? But I tell anyone of you, whoever looks upon a woman lustfully, Or a man, come on, women are just as bad in this generation, has already committed adultery in his his or her heart. You can have sex with somebody here without having sex with them. Y'all are quiet up in this church on today. Preach. Preach, Bishop. I'm trying to. Lose your confidence. Stop justifying it. Look at your neighbor and say, your freedom, your responsibility. Number three, you cannot win if you fight it. You're only going to win if you flee it. You're trying to fight what you're supposed to flee. I'm strong enough. No, you're not. We all know you're not, you silly little Christian. You're not strong enough to fight it. So some people can't stop gossiping because they ain't strong enough to fight it. Right? Some people in church, they can't help but be a bump on a pickle. They're not going to praise. They're not going to shout. They just can't fight. They're just going to sit there like a bump on a pickle. You say, hey, let's turn to your neighbor. They're like, nope, not me. Not doing it. Let's lift our hands. Nope, not me. I'm going to bump on a pickle. We can't fight you. We just got to flee you. It's the same thing with sexual desires that are ungodly. Now, pastor, I've been praying asking God to take sexual desires from me. He's not going to do that. I'm about to make a bold statement. He gave them to you. Thank God he gave them to you. It is completely right for a husband and a wife. Not a wife and a wife. That's unbiblical. Not a husband and a husband. That's unbiblical. Not they, them, he, she. That's unbiblical. That's not to offend those who are in the world. I'm just tired of Christians trying to recreate doctrine. That's not there. Thank you for four of you. Bump on a pickle. Sex between a man and a woman who are consummated in marriage is amazing. You should have lots of it. Donnie said, "Oh Lord Jesus." Donnie stood up, said, "Preach, Pastor. I'm gonna pay for your steak after church." Oh, Lord. Well, praise him. Santo, Santo, Santo. We shouldn't be talking like this in church. Well, you listen to the music of it. You watch it on Netflix. It don't bother you then. Why can't we talk about what God created in church? That's why it's so perverted. When I was growing up, they told me sex was bad. I had you serve don't sex is bad, don't be having it. And I found out they was having it. And they liked it. I got married and proved them all wrong. I said, you all are liars. All the single people said, would you please get past this? I'm done, I'm done. 2 <laughs> Timothy 2.22 says this, not tomorrow, not next week. I'll do it later. That's why people say, I'll do it later. No, you can't do it later. You're already, you've already lost. You have to get victory today by creating boundaries. Or you have to get victory tomorrow by creating boundaries today, now. Well, what would they think of me? If they're going to think some of you, you don't even need them. I got friends. In low places. No, I got friends, y'all. Bishop Palmer's my friend. Pastor, I mean Pastor J. Waller, I call him Coral Wallace. Pastor J. Waller is my friend. They know everything about me. And they'll, they'll ask me, hey, you been staying free? Yes, sir, been staying free. Berta might say to me, let me see your phone, your computer, your laptop. Go right ahead. They nothing to hide. My wife might say, now see, some of y'all cringe at this. My wife might just grab my phone and start looking through it. I don't care. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to hide. If they flinching, they hide in. We're going to have to have a marriage seminar after this, brother and sister Carr. We're going to give them all to you. I'm out. We're going to give them to you. Speaking of, Brother Sam Segundo is going to come and do our marriage advancement this year. It's going to be great. 2 Timothy 2.22, now flee from youthful lust. Now, pastor, what is this talking about? The word lust means... To crave something that's forbidden. That's a huge category. Gossip is a lust. Uh Huh? Laziness is a lust. That's a youthful lust. I, I don't want to do it. When you do it? I don't know, whenever. But when it comes to sexuality, we're not supposed to sit here and just flirt with it on the balcony like David. We got to flee from it. The word flee to run, it means in the Greek to run away as if your house was on fire. You set my house on fire. Don't do that, please. But if you set my house on fire, I'm not going to sit in my front room on my big lot's couch and just wait for it all to burn around me. Oh, this is great. Never seen blue flames like this before. Praise God. It's so wonderful. It's all cold outside, but it's warm in here. But that's what you do with pornography. Because inwardly, you can't tell nobody because it's a deep dark secret but we want you to come into the light and be free flee it let's look at the words of jesus jesus said in matthew chapter 5 verse 29 if your right eye causes you to stumble gouge the thing out throw it away really pastor not really let me get some teaching here in a minute It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Hyperbole. 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 I have a hard time with that word. This is hyperbole, which is a radical use of exaggeration and figure of speech to make a point clear. Here's what Jesus was saying to you. Jesus was saying... If whatever is in your life is causing you to sin, go home, pull it out, and throw it away. For it's better for you to go through this life maimed than to go into hell forever. And really, is it really going to affect you to let that stuff go? No. It's going to help you and empower you to be free. I think about Joseph in the Old Testament and David because David fleed. David ran to Bathsheba. Joseph fled from Potiphar's wife. Now, Potiphar's wife, she was fine, y'all. I mean, she was gorgeous, had every curve. More curves than Hot Wheels Racetrack. She was fine. (laughs) Joseph loved the Lord with all of his heart purely in this moment. He's serving the king. And the king's Fine woman, honey, I think she would look just like you. Fine. Grabs a hold of Joseph. Like pornography might grab a hold of you. Joseph had a moment of decision. Either I stay here or I run. And Joseph decided, I'm out. And he ran. One fled, he became a powerful king. One ran too, and he became a fallen king. Are you running from it, and are you fleeing it? Are you fighting what you're supposed to flee? Are you fleeing from that lust? I, listen, I, I like going to the mountains, and this past year I went to the mountains, and I camped up in, up, in the, up in the mountains. I don't remember where I was at, but it was way up in the mountain by myself, down this little Jeep trail. I was nobody around me whatsoever, and I saw a bear. I'm not about to jump out and be like, put him up, bear. <laughs> I learned if I give you a one-two, you're going to knock you out. No, that wasn't even in my thought process. I thought, run! And then they told me if you run from a bear, he'll chase you. And I thought, well, somebody better be running with me and I'm gonna outrun them. (laughs) Sorry, it's not very pastoral of you. It's human of me. I bet you I could outrun you. You gotta take action. That's a pretty powerful thing to say of Jesus. Gowd your eye out. What was he talking about? He was saying, get it out of your life. And although I love, I love technology. How many here love technology? I do. It's not a sin. Technology is great. But this is bondage as well. If you can't be a free Christian and have this, why do you have this? I don't understand. Like if, if it meant I had a flip phone to be free, I don't need this thing. How can you say you've battled with porn, yet you're on Instagram with no boundaries? I know it's quiet because it's hitting everybody right between the eyes. I love my wife too much to continue to cheat on her. That should be your cry. Because it's a form of adultery. I said, Pastor, I want to be free. Put some boundaries on this. Lock it up. Talk to your spouse. and Say, hey, I want to set some boundaries up, Pastor. I want to be a man of integrity, and I want you to be a woman of integrity. Let's lock these things up. My phone's on downtime. 10 o'clock, I can't even use it except to call my wife and Olivia. Little schmoo. And it's locked up till 7 in the morning. It's very inconvenient. But I like being free. Because I spend a lot of times in hotel rooms. But I like to be free. I don't travel on ministry opportunities any longer. I take somebody with me. Why? Because I like to be free. I've had had propositions on the road by women who wanted to go back to my hotel about cast the devil out of them. Berto was with me on one of them. She said, hey, can I go with you? Berto said, oh, no. No, not happening. No, no. It was so funny. He's like, oh, no. I said, see, I told you they'd be doing that. It ain't because I look good. It's because of anointing on my life. Are you setting boundaries? Because I believe some of you need some of you need to get radical and pluck it out. Y'all are, y'all are quiet. I know, I hear you. It's okay. It's okay. Some of you need to take this meth, meth, spiritual meth that you can't get free from and get a new method. Oh, Pastor, don't do that. That's worth a lot of money. Pastor, I can't go to a flip phone because, well, it's a flip phone. How am I going to text? You don't need to text. You've been sending the wrong texts anyway. Some of you are watching me on a device that you just watched pornography on last night. And you need to be free. If you can't lock this up, maybe you should lock it out. That's pretty radical. I know but don't you want to be free of the trash and the porn don't you want to be free for real well you shouldn't be talking this bold I went to God preachers would talk bold to get people free if you don't do this to pornography pornography will do this to you It will shatter you. Ruin your marriage. Destroy your children. Destroy your legacy. Get it out. Come on, stand to your feet with Matterfield. The Holy Ghost so strong in here. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Pastor, I want to be free. Listen, your freedom is your responsibility. Pastor, I've been so engrossed in pornography, it's been decades. I've watched decades of it. Listen, I came to tell you there's no shame in your game, number one. And the enemy is lying to you and duping you to tell you you're never going to be good enough. You'll never be this. You'll never be that. I came to tell you whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You just got to change your heart. You got to change your posture. Say, God, I'm so sick of this ruling my life, managing my life, lording and mastering me. It's always crouching at my door. And God is saying, you must take action. Lose your confidence and you. Put it in Jesus stop justifying your mess don't fight it flee it it all comes back to David what are you going to learn from David pastor you learn that a prophet came to, to David and said David what you're doing is sinful David had a change of heart that sounds good Benjamin come on give that guy right there a round of applause that sounds good David had a change of heart and we know the story come on in Psalm 51, verse 10 through 12, it says, This created me. This was David's cry. He was saying, God, please change me and clean my heart. You got to get to that point first where you're saying, God, I'm tired of pornography making me filthy. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. My spirit's wrong. I'm consumed by lust. I'm consumed by you got to get distinctly you know, clear with God. Cast me not away from your presence. Because that's what sexual sin, that's what all sin does, is it casts us away from him. And take not your Holy Ghost from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And uphold me with your free spirit. we got to ask God, do this, Lord. Hold me up and free me and make my heart clean. We must take the action. Pastor, what do we do now? You've given us a whole series about this. Situation I first dealt with you with pride. I got to let loose of me. You'll never get free of sin until you let loose of yourself. God can't do in you what He wants to do in you if there's too much of you there. He can't fill something that's not empty. Come on, somebody. So the first thing you got to do is you got to confess your mess to Jesus. Say, Lord, I sin. And I'm gonna be very specific with you. I don't, have to, I don't have to pray after a preacher. He's not praying my heart. I need to pray from my heart to you, and I confess my sin. The next thing, next thing you gotta do is find you somebody who you can trust. It might be an elder Mark Tig. Come on. It might be a Matthew Wirtz. Come on, somebody. It might be a, a Marilo. You know, it, it might be a brother Carr. It might be get to somebody you can confess the mess to. And say, hey, I'm struggling with pornography and I need to be free. And you gotta be willing and allow them to kick you in the butt. And you wanna be free? You have to be willing. Come on, get it in high gear, let's go. Then then what you gotta do is you gotta get the triggers out, pluck it and throw it out of your house. If you can't be free with having internet at your house, you don't need it. And if you're letting your kids have internet in their room with the door shut, you are a fool in today's world. Human traffickers are knocking on their door. Pornography, people are knocking on their door. Uh, They're they're wanting to exploit our children in this nation. Come on. We got to get some wisdom about us. Parents, I encourage you, please, please have heartfelt, no shame-filled conversations with your children about pornography. Come on. We we want them to be free. We don't want to scold them. We have an open door policy of delivery. You can talk to us about anything with no shame, no shame. Is mom and dad good at that, baby? Be honest. We, no shame. And then fourthly, what we what we want to encourage you to do is, you may have to go get professional help. You say, Pastor, will you counsel me on this? I'm not a counselor. I counsel you every Sunday morning at nine and eleven. I'm not a counselor. I cannot legally counsel you. I can give you biblical spiritual advice from Scripture. But I cannot biblically counsel you. It's against the law for me to do that. I could be sued and lose the whole church if I counseled you. It may mean, well, I don't believe in all that counseling stuff. That's for people who don't know Jesus. Well, you don't read the Bible. There is safety and the multitude of counsel. Counseling, the right counseling. Don't go to no goofball that'll tell you that's anti-church and pro-gay marriage. Don't go to that guy. Thank you. Tell us, Pastor. We have counselors that we can connect you to. We actually have a counselor. He's amazing. I go to him. And he told me, he said, for your church, I'll do counseling for your people. If they can afford $25, I'll let them pay $25. But my going rate is $150 an hour. But if your people want to come because I want to help them, I will open up that door to them. That's, that's amazing. So we, we can help you get professional counseling. And I want to encourage you, ladies. If your husband is having a problem and is addicted to pornography, Please, please, I encourage you, reach out to my beautiful wife. She's not a counselor either, but she can tell you this worked for us, and honey, you got to get rid of that insecurity. Because here's what you don't know, ladies. Your husband doesn't look at porn because you're not good enough and because you're ugly or because you've gained 15 pounds since you got married. He has got a problem called addiction and sin, and needs to be delivered from it. How do we get delivered? By bringing it into the light. No shame. But my freedom is my responsibility. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I know this message hit not just the local church, but it's going to hit the global church when we release this online. And God, I pray from everyone from here to California gets free. I pray everybody from here to New York gets free. And those listening in the United Arab Emirates and China and Korea, God, I pray that when they hear this podcast, the deliverance comes to them as we go out to the 49 nations that we reach. God, I pray for freedom for them, God. Deliver them in Jesus' name. Help us to confess to you. Confess to others. Remove the triggers. And to get help. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Can you get-